Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a self-described newcastle music person who can also be described as an english folk influenced musician who released his sixth solo album 2020 in october 2019 along with the third album Free Humans as part of Hannah Gled, and to date 56 albums as part of Bo Bills, which formed as a way to deal with coronavirus. Please welcome Richard Dawson. Welcome. Hiya, thank you. Yes, thank you for being on. I really appreciate your time. Right, well, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, <laughs> the deeply unfair, easy to ask, difficult to answer question, how are you? Well, if you had asked me a week ago, I probably would have said struggling i think january was uh well where are we now 10th 10th of february january was heavy i think for a lot it, it usually is but then this year i think with the the news here was quite pummeling yeah uh with kind of you know raised hopes being dashed with all the virus stuff but but actually in this moment i'm i'm doing pretty well i, I started writing on monday which is like uh about as healthy as I, I can get really I, I can write in the mornings and then I've been walking in the afternoons and maybe we do some bull bills on the evening or just watch film or read so it's feel like when I'm writing I'm, I'm really flying and kind yeah. of and involved in something so so yeah pretty pretty good in this moment but but all bets are off uh, you know it could could uh, it's like a white knuckle ride you know and I don't know <laughs> when the next bump is coming along and when they come they, they as i think happens as you get older the bumps get a bit bigger but uh yeah, yeah no absolutely i'm definitely i feel far less um i don't know resil in in a way resilient you know like uh than i was i mean i'm not too far behind you i know you were born in 81 i was born in 83 so i'm i'm right there with you okay but, uh, yeah how, but, how yeah how are you i'm all right i think i don't I don't know. It feels weird. Like I feel like um, the days that I feel like I'm good, I kind of feel guilty about that because it's like, how can you be good in all this? But it's like at the same time, you have to take the wins you can get. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, uh, between the two polarities of like great and awful, I just want to be in that middle. I just want to be okay. Sure. That's my goal at this point. And is is the uh, the guilt is that a new thing that or or did you used to get that before? pandemic times when you felt good Ooh, that's a good question no i mean i think it's more concentrated now just because i know that even on my bad days or when i'm not you know just not in a good place that i still know i could have it so much worse than so many other people so i guess you know to feel good amidst the backdrop of such an unfathomable thing i feel kind of guilty sometimes sure you gotta be able to navigate all this too like anybody else so you know, I try not to beat myself up too much about it. But sometimes it just does, it feels weird. I don't know. It's difficult to remember sometimes that uh, you would be having natural ups and downs anyway. And I, I think okay. you can almost like assign, like, oh my God, like uh, this, you can link it to the events that are happening in the world and on the news and, and what have you. But yeah, you sort of, I find it can be quite comforting to remember that. Oh no, I've been, you know, sort of on this uh roller coaster for you know 
all my life. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. No, it's nothing new, but but of course there are lots of new elements to it now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, to your point, it's like um, yeah, the struggle was always there. It's just more. There's now a name attached to it in COVID nineteen. Like it's this more uh, oppressive, difficult to ignore thing, as opposed to you know, as opposed to like the death of a thousand cuts that is life and struggle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and do do you know any people who don't struggle in general? Because I know a couple, two or three, and they're really amazing people to be around. But I can't help feeling that there's something like a little bit wrong with them. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it that you're missing or I'm missing in this equation? Because I I know um, you know I I don't know I that's a good question and and it makes me think that I do know a few people like that. And a part of me sometimes does wonder, like, is there like a, a lack of a, an internal monologue there? I don't know what it is, but I just feel like, <laughs> and maybe that's just me projecting because I'm like, why are you struggling like I am? And uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a very, I got to think about that a minute. Yeah. Very interesting. I, 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 yeah, I wonder whether those folks are like, I'm thinking of one friend in particular who uh, I don't see so often these days, but is a really lovely bright person but just doesn't <laughs> has never seemed to have struggled in the way that everyone else does from time to time it's kind of amazing but terrifying as well yeah i envy it but also though like the struggle contextualizes the good too so i feel like you need that because it's like if everything if everything's a win nothing's a win yeah you know so i i feel like that is a necessary thing it's like like thinking about you know when somebody's like would you would you want to live forever? I'm, I'm, part of me is like, God, no. First of all, no. But then again, nothing would have meaning if there was no supposed, you know, general end to it at the same time. On the other hand, maybe we have to tell ourselves that. Otherwise, the the, uh, <laughs> the reality of it would be too crushing to, <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. I guess it's all just some form of coping mechanism at this point. <laughs> Especially in all this. I mean, good Lord. Um yeah. But yeah, I mean, thank you about that. Speaking of coping mechanism, as I, as I, seamlessly transition. Nice. Your band, group that you formed during all this. I think it was like, the day after, lockdown began, or maybe the day of. And I'm deeply self conscious about mispronouncing this because, bo- uh, is it, bull bills? Yeah, bull bills. That- okay. No, uh, yeah, we we. Uh... We started it, I think we talked about it before the lockdown officially started, but we knew there was going to be a lockdown, or, you know, pretty certain there was going to be a lockdown, and, uh, yeah, we just started when it started, and it was really nice, uh, provided a nice framework, because those first days were so new, and sort of, it was kind of an adventure as well, so it it meant, you know, because I was expecting, like, a really busy time I was due to be in uh, I think I had like three gigs in Italy and then we were due to have a couple of big shows here and then a European tour and it was going to be my busiest <laughs> I've been build, building up to this busiest ever time because the material kind of suited doing more gigs um, yeah I don't mind telling you that I mean obviously it was disappointing but it also a little part of me was relieved that I would be able to stay at home and uh, not, not you know, travel far and wide, but uh, um, so yeah, we had suddenly uh, just all this open space, no no landmarks, so it was really really helpful to to do it every day and 
aim for that and it meant my nights were filled as well with like uh, editing and kind of sorting out the artwork. It was very slapdash, but yeah, it's a nice, nice project. I bet that's nice too, just both, I mean, in the, the catharsis of being able to, aiding you and kind of processing in real time kind of what all this is and how to to handle that that mentally, but but then also as a departure from feeling like you're beholden to a form, like you can make it whatever you want it to be. Like that must be really nice too. Yeah, I think as well, because I'm usually, all the other music I do is quite, takes a long time and it's quite uh, slow process and uh, of kind of refinement, but whereas this was the opposite of that and the, 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 the pandemic provided uh, context to make something that was, you know, wasn't refined at all, um, yeah. and but still had some kind of hopefully still had some some strength or some usefulness. I think that that, that was a thing we felt was important that it might be of use to to even just a small handful of people to work to or to chill out to just to 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 sort of soothe the worries a bit. And also just to try and stay connected to people when we weren't able to see them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can tell you, just as somebody who's listened to it, there's a, a nice, very like tranquility to it that I really appreciated. And I acted as, as just playing it in the background, a nice kind of soundtrack to my doddering around my house and mm-hmm. trying to not go out, which has been like both, uh, it's the right thing to do as much as one can while yeah. taking precautions, but... Also, though, it's just so unnatural for us to do this. Where where in the world are you, Brandon? I am in Arkansas in oh. the United States, yeah. What, what sort of landscape are you in the city or the country? I'm in a suburb of our capital city of Little Rock, which is still a pretty small place, but, yeah. but we're the self-described natural state, whatever <sighs> that means exactly. But there's a lot of, like... Uh, hiking and and parks and greenery so it's not that far away like you can go find a nice beautiful spot you know not that far from anywhere in this state which is nice yeah nice yeah so it's possible to get out without uh coming into contact with too many people absolutely the one bright spot about it i guess a kind of a smaller state like this is that the there's not too much population density, or it's a low, relatively low population density, obviously, versus like a an LA or New York. So in that regard, yeah. it's more spaced out, more suburban-ish at times. So it allows yeah. you just to to get out without fear of impending death. So that's nice. <laughs> it's always a bonus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I find it helps me function to not yeah. have to to fear this this uh, phantom that's just uh, hanging over the proceedings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we just moved from. Uh, New- I've lived in Newcastle all my life, Newcastle upon Tyne, and uh, we just moved about ten miles out of the city and to a very tiny former mining village, and it's just oh. uh, been so amazing because we can walk every day just through fields and don't have to go on any roads. Uh, so we're 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 very lucky here. And uh, also everything is with different weathers and stuff and the atmospheres. It's different every day. So, you know, lots of bird life and um, horses. There's horses in the field next to the house. So we can go that sounds and... so nice. Yeah. So we, it's really uh, moving in a pandemic is kind of nuts, but also kind of brilliant as well because it gives you something to focus on and 
sort of big project. <laughs> it's the biggest project you'll ever <laughs> do. Yeah. So. I mean, at least that's nice. Because, and in that, man, I, I definitely need things to focus on right now. You know, to uh, these things that I kind of like describe as healthy distractions. Things that where I can be kind of productive while also letting what all of this is like kind of process in the background at the same time. Yeah. And that'll do it. That'll give you something to focus on to give you a task. And also with the end product of moving out to this more kind of, it sounds like countryside-ish area that's beautiful and ever-changing. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, little animals snuffling around every now and again. There's a badger nearby the house. You've got to be careful for badgers, you know, because they're pretty. Do you get badgers in Arkansas? Badgers, not as much. We have more errant. uh, We have like, I don't know. We have a lot of different things like possums and things as well. Yeah, we don't have those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my friend was telling me if if you um, if you go walking in in the evenings or at night, particularly at night, that you should around the countryside, you should always carry a really like a reasonably sturdy stick. And then if a badger does attack you, because they are pretty territorial and defensive, and so say if you stuck a stray foot in in the entrance of their set then the badger will attack by biting and locking on your ankle and they won't let go a bit like a one of those dogs like a is it a pit bull that yeah. locks locks on and and it just won't let go until it hears the bone snap so oh, you can fool it by snapping the stick really loudly and the, the it'll hear that and it'll release your ankle that is, wow, a couple things on that. One, that's fascinating that you're, you are got to carry a badger stick to simulate breaking your own bo- bones to let them relent. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that is, wow, that is, that is evocative and fascinating. Good. But also just the idea of how did somebody arrive at that, that that works? Is it just like, they were just like flailing around with a badger stuck to their leg. They kicked a stick, accidentally it broke, and then that did it. And they're like, oh. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. They sound all, vicious. All sorts of dangers out here. You got to watch out for the crows as well. They're very bold. Try and get your eyes just when you go for walking your doggy. <laughs> I wasn't fascinated by crows. <laughs> right, so yeah, you have a nice tranquil area that also is infested with both badgers and crows. Crows are, I've always found interesting, just with how like notably intelligent they are yeah and uh i don't know i always i always think that it was like oh that's interesting i mean i want to admire them from very afar for sure oh don't worry i was was just kidding about the eye (laughs) but they are smart and we we get a lot of them we get a lot of um ravens and rooks around here but uh you know newcastle united is the black and white Strip football strip. Football's, yeah, football's pretty big here, but we're also known as the magpies, and uh, so the, it's uh, always a delight to see magpies, and there's, there's so many of these, these around. But they're uh, such a beautiful bird, lovely blue sheen on the on the wing. But if you see a magpie on its own, then the superstition is that you have to salute and say out loud, "Good morning, Mister Magpie." I like that. Yeah. So I do know. I like the formality of that. Yeah. So it's very nice and kind of humble and quaint. That's fun. 
respect for the for the black and whites. <laughs> <laughs> you got to salute the magpie while you're holding your badger stick. Yeah, yeah. Fending off your the, eyes crows. the crows. Yeah. <laughs> yep. God, nature is so beautiful and yet so formal. You got to make sure we do all these different things so our bones get, don't get snapped by a badger. Yeah, it's pretty shocking for a city slicker, you know. It's just taking me back. <laughs> yeah, you got to do some Googling to make sure you can survive your walk in the fields. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to ask you something that was about, um, in an interview with The Guardian, you had said that your album 2020 was part of a trilogy you saw it as, with the peasant being the past, 2020 being the present, and then this third perspective record being the future. I was struck by what it is to write, potentially write a record about the future in such an uncertain present. Not that, I guess, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, the, the, the present was ever certain by any stretch either. But does that make it easier for you or more difficult or it just is what it is? Um, I think it just is. I mean, I, you know, I literally just, I've been thinking about it for a long while and building up to it, planning and researching and stuff but I didn't actually start writing until two days ago so it's let's just say it's difficult but it, it yeah. always always is um yeah. especially to get started uh but I don't really I don't know I don't want it to be like a uh, like a necessarily you know in the same way where when I made like when I made uh, Peasant, I wasn't trying to make a historical album. And I was sort of really taken aback by how many people got in touch who were like history buffs <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and really wanted to talk about those aspects or the, the setting. And I was, I was like, oh, God, I, you know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I just, <laughs> I researched, but uh, I don't know. So... Yeah, but I think, you, yeah, your question is interesting. I know the, the stand-up Stuart Lee, I don't know if you, uh, if he is uh, so well-known in the States. You know, I know him, yeah. He's a really amazing writer and a really good guy, but uh, he talks a lot about the problems of uh, trying to make a show which is on the road for many months at a time and is very much engaged with, with what's going on in the country and politics and you know uh, society's morals let's say um but when everything's shifting so fast you realize by the time you're a month into your tour it's uh you know the, the pitches changed enough that your material <laughs> has to very quickly adapt so obviously that's not possible with all kinds of material yeah um, where, where there's more fixed points say um, so, uh, yeah, you, it's not that you have to take it into account because really the only thing that you should take into account is what the piece needs and where it wants to leave itself. Sure. Um, but you know, you've got one eye on all that stuff, but I, I, I feel like the, uh, the approach I'm taking for this next one is not so dependent on on the specific things that are happening now that it's more will uh, hopefully take on specific things that have been happening for a long time and I would assume will keep happening 
Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, good because it, it, I'm glad it makes sense because I <laughs> no, it I, does. I, I lost the train of what I was saying a, a while back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly not a question I asked with any expectation as to what the answer would be, but uh, it's no. I mean, it makes sense too that you know just because it doesn't necessarily inform the work directly, it still informs you as an artist or as a human. So it stands to reason maybe although it might not be a one to one thing or you know. A plus B equals C. It's still going to inform, in some even minor way, like what you're doing because you're still a person living in this world. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really follow. <laughs> I didn't follow it, but I think it's. <laughs> I think I, I had a. You know, when you have a mental shift, and oh uh, yeah, just to do with maybe blood sugars or how many <laughs> how many scones you ate earlier. I just I, 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 I lost the thread of what you're saying, and I don't want to pretend. So oh no, I appreciate that. And by the way. As I was saying the thing, it made sense to me in the moment, but it doesn't necessarily mean it made sense <laughs> as any kind of verbal paragraph. Good. So, oh, that's good to know. We're on the same page. Very good. The uh, Do you think that in all of this, uh, and I don't even know what this word necessarily means, which is what a fun way to preface, in general, but certainly through the, the prism of what all of this experience has been in the last year, but do you think you've been productive during all this? Mm, yes and no. Uh, when it first descended, shall we say, and, uh, because I was so geared up and I'd, and I'd uh, had reserves of energy, I sort of had to had to act. And so ball bills was one thing, but it was also, you know, not so rigorous. But it, it, what, it meant I had uh, some lyrics to write for a... Um, for a project which is finished now, but I didn't think I would be able to finish and record these these lyrics and, until well into the summer, but actually it meant I could do them over March and April and then I record them at the start of May. So I got I got this project uh, up to that point much quicker than I would have, yeah. um, which is good. And then I think, you know, I, I think... Uh, things maybe drifted but then we you know particularly the last few months that we had the house move and stuff but but really you know January was very unproductive but I think it's okay you know there's no gigs to build up to and um I'd sort of wrapped up the edits and mixes on this this project I was talking about and so now I've started again and I'll be I'll be busy, like full, you know, basically like approaching it like a nine to five or something like that for for the next few months to get lyrics done on the next thing. Um, but it's really like seasons. I'll be very productive for a few months and then very very inactive and sickly for a few months. And but I think that's kind of always how it is. I'm always practicing and. That's that's productive. Although it doesn't always, it's easy to forget that practices, you know, because you don't notice the progress a lot of the time. So yeah, as you're doing it day to day, you don't. It's harder to get the the full picture sometimes when you're doing it just yeah progressively like that. Yeah. Hopefully it's progress. I mean, it's very <laughs> it's very arrogant of <laughs> me to to, uh, to to judge it that way. So what films have you been watching? Oh, so. We've been 
we've watched two seasons of Boardwalk Empire recently, which is really great, but the violence is so difficult to deal with and too much. It can be really. jarring. Yeah, yeah, it can be jarring. I, f- I think there's just a couple of bits which I felt were too much. And in the same way, I watched that film, uh, what's the one by the guy who did Hereditary? Yeah. Fair, uh, mid- Midsummer. Yeah. And I, f- I had to, I, I left the cinema because I thought it was really, I was really enjoying the film, but I just thought it was really nasty stuff, like uh, crass. And, uh, and uh, I, I very r- rarely would like, I wouldn't, I don't know. The filmmaking was so good and it was so beautiful, but I just thought this is, this is really nasty stuff. So I, I had that same feeling with a couple of episodes of Boardwalk Empire that it just went too far, but the story's so interesting. And then what we watched Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives the other day, which is an old, say an old favourite, but it's a favourite by um, the Thai director, Pitcher Pong. We were yeah, it's been on my list for a minute. I need to watch that. It's beautiful. The, the, my favourite film of his, one of my, one of my favourites of, of uh, all films, is Tropical Malady. Which is which is called uh, Sud Pralad in Thai, I think, and that is honestly is astonishing. That might even be top of the list. It would be that or Andre Rublev, the Tarkovsky mm-hmm. film, which is not as boring as you think it's going to be. It's actually <laughs> really, really amazing and riveting. Two thousand one would be up there. I'm just telling you my favorite films now. We haven't. Oh no, I'm all about it. <laughs> I love films. I'm all about it. Uh, we tried to watch, uh, what's it called, Greenland the other day, but the plot holes were too ridiculous. And it oh, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It spoiled yeah, it. I imagine it's not uh, plot-centric or <laughs> no. just with any Gerard Butler film for the most part. I'd never seen him in anything. I, I, I thought it was it started off really well, and then there's just something happened was really stupid. And it was, ah, oh, it's ruined. It's just a film, isn't it? So... Um, <laughs> What else have we been there? Oh, we watch the uh, Agnes Varda films, the Gerotypes, which is yeah, really lovely and I would say haunting. And another one of hers, uh, the the Gleaners and I. Um, so yeah, lots we've had lots of lots of good viewing, and we tend to try and watch maybe two or three nights of telly a week, like a film or a good series, something like that. Yeah, how about you? What what you been watching? That's a good question. I've, I, you know, this last year, I've tried to like kind of fill in some of the some of the general film gaps for the most part, and and I also found myself watching a movie by a filmmaker, and then they're like, oh, I'm gonna watch at least two or three more yeah. of their work just to go down that rabbit hole. So that's been really nice, and I'm trying to think of any specific examples at this point. I know, I know, I know, but the funny thing is, I talk about like the things I'm trying to fill in the gaps on, and then you know, yesterday I finished Shin Godzilla from 2016, which okay. was just a de- just a delight. I mean, I've been like unofficially kind of watching some of the you know ever since the Godzilla, the, the Kong versus Godzilla trailer came out. Yeah, watching some of those just as fun. I watched The Dig the other day. Oh, how was that? Which was I really liked it. Uh, Carrie Mulligan and ray finds yeah about a dig in the english countryside yeah i, I quite liked it actually I, di- I didn't know what to expect it looks good i, I like i like finds of of come around to him in later life yeah he's i think he's like um innately just kind of a, a just a deeply compelling actor carrie mulligan as well she seems to be able to do anything yeah i haven't seen her in much she's uh 
I'm trying to think what it was. I last saw her, and she's very good. She's very good. Yeah, I, f- I first saw her in, uh, in in education, which is I think what kind of put her on the map, and then she was in uh, you know Drive and yeah. others like that. She's just uh, I don't know. She's just innately just very good. I watched that Bee Gees documentary the other day too. I, I don't know that. It's uh, it was on HBO Max, and it's just about just the trajectory of the Bee Gees, and it was just uh, you know, there it's the soundtrack to it being their own songs and them being innately just very pleasant and happy. Uh, it was just a nice experience. Oh, I'd like to see that. I like the Bee Gees and, and uh, yeah, Robin is is one of the what a, what a beautiful singer. Absolutely, I had I I definitely deeply underestimated just how many hits they had. Yeah. And it's just endless. It's so impressive. Yeah. And uh, I watched the Frank Zappa documentary too, and that was really good. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I see. I saw an advert for that, but uh, uh, I, yeah, early mother's stuff is. You know, we're only in it for the money. It's a great, yeah. great record. You know, one thing that they mentioned in that documentary too, which was, because admittedly I didn't know a ton about, I guess, Zappa the person as much. Watching that was just how struck, I was really struck by how he had this these things in his head and he had to get them out. And he had to rely on other people to get them out. And it's so deeply complicated that he's that he was always, I think to his point, like the best case scenario was like getting 75% of what he's hearing in his head out because he has to rely on other people to do so. <laughs> and that's I'm like, man, that must be frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else has been keeping us going. We'd be watching the, the Great British Pottery Throwdown. Which is very. I think that's exciting. great. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, we we watched the Great British Bake Off last year, which is, you know, uh, the the uh, is what it says on the tin. But uh, <laughs> the, the pottery throwdown is even more delightful, I think. But uh, we've also been tuning in avidly to the new series of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. I've heard it's so good, and it, it's something that's been on my list for a minute. It's amazing. It's so amazing, and uh, it's it's borderline as well. It's like some of it, it's a, it's so dramatic and moving, but also like hilarious. But some of it's just such a strong flavor, like that my taste buds really struggle with. But <laughs> it's 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 riveting stuff. I mean, it's very very well made. You know that reminds me. The uh, you're talking about the Great British Pottery Bake Off? Question mark. But the oh, yeah. uh, that that on Netflix they have a show that I think season two just came back called Blown Away and it's a, uh, a glass blowing competition. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, no, I know that, that what a phrase, right? But it's uh, it's just fun because they get these challenges and it's people like grunting and sweating as they're blowing glass and it's just really interesting just to see them create the art. And I guess the competition element's fun too, but I don't know. It's deeply, it's deeply entertaining. That sounds cool. I mean, where do I have to look on the internet to find that? <laughs> it's on Netflix over here, so I bet, I bet it's in the UK as well. Oh, wow. Uh, it's yeah, it's called Blown Away, and it's very fun. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds really good. And uh, something else that I watch actually that I think about it too is, which is a very, very different thing, a very tonal shift. It's called In and of Itself, and it's on Hulu. And it's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. What is it? Like I, it's called In and of Itself, and it's I watched it and I just wept, and in a very like 
and I'm not much of a crier, admittedly, but I think it kind of helped me excise a lot of what I guess maybe was built up unintentionally over this course of this year. And um, as the description goes, it's... Um, you're, still, you're still there. What? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, it just okay. glitched a little. Okay. But yeah, anyway, this this thing is it's just... Uh, it's called In and of Itself, and it's, as it's described, a storyteller and conceptual magician, Derek DelGuardio, attempts to understand the illusory nature of identity and answer the deceptively simple question, who am I? And hmm. that's that's what it is. And oh. I just wept. It's very good. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend it. Truly one of the most <laughs> one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Okay. Done. Deal. It's a deal. <laughs> and I'm sure it's gonna live up to that billing, because I really undersold it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I know the one of the, I've been uh, reading a book the last few months, uh, Thomas Pynchon, Mason and Dixon. And that's been that's that's been I mean the pandemic has been very useful towards focus reading put it that way so yeah. i'd been i tried reading pinching a bunch of times in my 20s and i just couldn't get away with it but something kept telling me to keep trying over the years and then last year red v which was really amazing and uh, then yeah the last few months i've been reading mason and dixon limping through it but it's <laughs> honestly is uh, really really just uh there's nothing there's nothing like it absolutely sprawling beautiful hilarious and what's the word audacious novel um so that's that's been a big very important for me just that i think that the the situation of of the pandemic sort of lends itself well to to bigger books and to no pressure reading, you know. Absolutely. So that that's been that's been really good. See, I had a similar relationship with him too. Actually, if I tried in my twenties to read because it was that both like you know he's like kind of appointment reading. It's like you need to do that in my head. And I started, and I just and I kind of quickly realized, oh, I'm not ready for this, or this just isn't messing with me for whatever reason. Yeah. So I need to return to that as well for sure. Yeah, it's if when it clicks, it'll. It, it, it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite something. I can't, <laughs> I don't have the words to to describe it really, but just an experience like like nothing else. Yeah, I gotta do that then. Honestly, like not being able to describe it to put into words is as as good as of an endorsement as any words really can be at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know we're. We're a ways away from your, your 5 o'clock deadline, but I sort of want to run up against that. No worries. First of all, thank you for doing this. This was great. My pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. And um, is there anything do you want in, in general to point people toward before we wrap it up? Oh, goodness. I wish I had uh, thought about this a little beforehand. I guess, uh, oh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe if um, if I think of some things, maybe you could put them in the description is that yeah, a thing absolutely. that you can do okay oh yeah i can do that for sure then i can consider it a bit more rather than blurt out the first thing that comes in my mind okay that's perfect you know, yeah no you know, gary gary this. barlow that kind of thing <laughs> Nothing um, gary barlow not midsummer maybe boardwalk empire 
you know, I was feeling like already I'm I'm feeling anxious because I, I don't I don't like to speak ill of uh, somebody who's just making something and unless uh, I didn't enjoy. It's just rare I would walk out of a movie, but I don't really want to dwell on negative stuff or like call, you yeah. know, negatively uh, speak negatively about another uh, artist. Yeah. So. Well, I, but I, I know what you mean because I saw that movie in the theater as well, and it was jarring at times by yeah. design, but jarring nonetheless. That being said, I guess some of the kind of more jarring violent scenes, notwithstanding, I found that movie fascinating and just so interesting and immersive immersive i, I read otherwise i really enjoyed that experience yeah i mean i was frustrated because i i want i wanted to watch it and but i could i just couldn't watch it anymore <laughs> God, i'm too after it was a film called uh film from maybe 10 years ago maybe longer uh, the gasper no film irreversible did you see yeah, that one that, oh yeah and i i think that is a very important film but i uh, watching it, something just snapped where I just cannot deal with uh, with with um, very much movie violence at all now, and because uh, it's so horrendous in that film, and uh, I, I find I, you know I don't want to I think about Werner Herzog not not wanting to look away from anything, but yeah. at the same time I actually. I can't when I see these things in a film. I, I can't unsee them, and sometimes it takes months or years for the images to shift. And so, it's uh, you know I'm not I'm not sure that we're built to cope with so many to to see so much violence. And you know when you think about all of their lives over the past ten thousand years, say that you you probably wouldn't have seen so much maybe two or three, maybe a few more instances of violence done to another human, that might yeah. that would be the maximum that you would ever see in your life with time to process those things and whereas I do I do wonder I don't mean to be <laughs> I don't mean yeah. to be like a prude or anything like that or a, or it's anything like censorship or, or but but I just know what uh I know myself now that I, I actually don't think I can deal with. I don't have a way to, to psychologically deal with with uh, seeing those things. But I know what you mean. Like I think um, I definitely, if if anything, the opposite have become the opposite of desensitized towards violence. Like it doesn't. I don't. Uh, I thankfully I don't enjoy it at all. But it also bothers me more than ever. And I'm not sure. Maybe I'm uh, just more attuned i guess to the violence in the world so to then to watch it in movies makes it even worse i'm not really sure but i think to your point like it's not innate to what it is to be a human kind of like what it's not innate for us to be separated and not be socializing with people during all this like we're such social beings it's so against who we are yeah yeah i mean i say that yeah yeah, continue oh sorry yeah well just one one more i think maybe the pinnacle for me, of movies and television, is uh, Sopranos, and uh, that's yes. that's very violent. But I, I think I somehow could, it felt, it felt that it was very much in keeping with the story, and uh, I never, I don't know, I could deal with that. 
I mean, it was helped, I think, like, Edie Falco and James Gandolfini were just so, so amazing. Unbelievable. Like, the greatest pairing ever. It's, I mean, truly, like, unbelievable. And also, I mean, that, that show kind of feels, I mean, it almost felt like in real time, but certainly now, like a magic trick. It is so unbelievable. Yeah. And just firing on all cylinders. And to your point, though, it's like, I don't think that the violence as as much as violent as it was at times was gratuitous because it all there was an internal logic to that that the framework of that show yeah that it made sense so it's just like oh this is this is a, a kind of a weirdly like logical conclusion to how this goes in this show yeah it it, it also helps that the show is so funny I think that maybe what it is about certain kinds of violence uh, and the kind we've mentioned before uh, with Midsummer or Boardwalk Empire is yeah. it's just something about uh, it's not just the the action of what's what's happening what the characters are doing to each other that there's something in there about the editing and mm-hmm. the, actually the editing is performing quite a violent act uh, by these sudden cuts to the impact in a way yeah. that w- that is very uh, un- unnatural or like a, it's not something we would face and it and it and it doesn't give you any choice in the matter as well and i think that's what it feels like an assault uh which is which is why why i don't like it i think it also honestly it feels a little manipulative because it's you know it's it's almost like instead of just presenting that scene as it is it's inducing you to feel an even more way as opposed to naturally arriving at it Mm, that's interesting yeah i mean we, we should have uh we could have a whole podcast talking about this, you know, like the language of cuts. Um, I would love. Like, I'm. <laughs> my eyes just lit up. Like, give me all, all of it. <laughs> and does that mean? All that, about I, it. I think we uh, we might be officially geeks. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, was that in question before? Because <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> okay, let's put the label on it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Just a couple of geeks talking about manipulative violence. Proud. I'm proud. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even uh, get we didn't even get into computer games. Man, I could talk about that too. Oh yeah, what, perfect. What, what you, well, I've got uh, about five minutes left. But uh, okay. what 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 you uh, what you what have you been playing? Well, you know, it's weird when you said computer games. I thought about all the ones I played as a kid for some reason. Huh. But yeah, like uh, King's Quest and things like that. Okay. When I was when I was uh, a wee boy. But, um, you know, it's weird that, you know, from, I went playing as a kid to computer games and just playing video games, but I don't, I've not really played any video games during all this for some reason. I I don't really know why. I found myself putting together Lego sets because it helps me kind of accomplish a task while, while also working towards something. And I guess it's all being weirdly goal oriented, even in a. A more, you know, fun thing, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. What are you playing? What are you playing? Uh, I've been playing so much. I played Last of Us Part Two last year, and that was amazing. But again, just exhausting. But I, I sort of felt it was it was interesting. Back back to the violence again. It was the violence yeah. ramps up over the course of the game, and it's the first game I ever played where, where all of your enemies have names and call out to each other and are upset when they discover the body of their, 
the colleague. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot to process. <laughs> uh, so that was great. It was uh, uh, technically just astounding. I think maybe it's, it's, it was a little uh, could have done with some editing, maybe. But then yeah. I don't want to gripe. It's like. Oh, I'm griping about this incredible thing. It's really lame. And then uh, I, I played uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima a little bit, but uh, I've heard that's amazing. I desperately want to play that. It's very beautiful. I think I, I lost momentum with it, and um, which I've, I've, yeah, didn't quite get pulled along. But I, you know, I'll I'll go back to it just because the the world is so so beautiful. Um, but historically, I've loved like uh, Skyrim was a, was very uh, yeah because I didn't play games for a few, lot of years in between like having an Amstrad CPC when I was growing up, and then the first PlayStation. Then I had a big gap, and then when I came back, the games had the you know the everything had just leapt forward, and so Skyrim <laughs> blew my mind like. Uh. <laughs> yeah no that that helps though to not have that that kind of progression in gaming technology like that to kind of return to it and be like oh games are not 64 bits anymore this is very impressive yeah yeah and just the scale and the the storytelling and the, and the kind of the level of control you have over kind of your own character and stuff really they're amazing. so cinematic now it's so impressive yeah so I had a my first playthrough of Skyrim. I, I had a uh, Khajiit, which is for the listeners who don't know, it's, it's like a warrior cat people. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had this Khajiit called uh, Memang. And over the course of the game, you can find these places where you can alter your appearance. So over the course of the game, I slowly made him look older and older until he was really wizened and scrawny and like like a really old cat and <laughs> at, at, at the end I just took him out for a long walk to a lake and I, <laughs> and I sort of t- had the camera on his face whilst he gazed out at the lake and then I just pressed off on the PlayStation and bid farewell to Memang and I love was, that. That was it, yeah. It's a very poetic ending. Mystical experience. <laughs> That's an amazing way to end this show. That's perfect. Very let's, good. Let's press power on the, the wizened cat, as it were, that is the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you again for doing this. This is so fun. I really appreciate your time. That's my pleasure. Thank, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Please wear a mask. Please practice empathy and read with it. Thank you again. Goodbye. Thank you.